Cassettes, and welcome back to another episode of the Black Case Diaries. Hey. Oh, it's been a long time. It sure has. It has. I'm Marcy with Adam and Robin. Welcome to 2020. Woo, it's ironic that we have the lights off, right? Yeah. It's 2020 and we can't <laughs> see. <laughs> Yuck. All right. So we decided to have, we're having a special New Year's party in, in the podcast yeah. Uh, studio. Yeah. We have our very own Times Square ball. <laughs> yes. We have a disco ball that we won at an arcade. Yeah. Because Pretty we're cool. really cool. So... Oh, we thought it would be really, it would be fitting to start off 2020 with an episode about sequels. That's right, because this year marks the sequel to the podcast, yes. basically. This is our second year. We're into our second year of podcasting, and uh, honestly, it's been a blast, and we're pretty excited for year two, and the sequel might be better than the first one. I mean, let's hope. <laughs> it, and this is one of those cases where... You want it to always be better. Always. Mm -hmm. So last year was kind of experimental. We did a lot of different kinds of formats. And we're probably going to continue to do that throughout mm -hmm. this year too. But at the end of last year, we did a lot of episodes that we, we call them focus episodes. Yeah. Where we kind of focus on one TV show or one movie. And uh, we did all the research for those things individually. And we did a lot of those for a couple reasons. One, they're really fun. And two, they're really easy in comparison to the other ones that we've done before. Mm -hmm. um, concept episodes are really hard to do yeah, because they take so much more research and they're so much more subjective. Yes. Please, <laughs> please go back and listen to the cinematography episode again. <laughs> yeah. Because a lot of work went into that one. Yeah. So oh, it, yeah. it can be, you know, it can be tough, but we love to do all the different formats. And so... You know, you can expect a lot more of that in 2020. We're we're not going to be doing as many big blocks of focus episodes. It's going to be kind of scattered throughout yeah. the year. Yeah, and the nice thing is movies and TV can be talked about in any which way we want. So there's always lots of fun different ways to do it. So, uh, yeah. So on Twitter a while back, about in December, we asked people to name a sequel that they thought was better than the original. Now, we got a lot of different feedback. So many so people much. replied. Yeah. We really appreciate that. Yes, yeah, mm -hmm. so thank you. Uh, so we're going to highlight some of these movies that you guys suggested and discuss what it takes to make a great sequel and whether or not a sequel is ever necessary. Yeah, quote-unquote necessary. Yeah, the word that everybody likes to use. Yeah, so yeah, we're going to... Basically, what we're going to do is we're going to run down a lit... Uh, run down what we think makes a good sequel. And then we're going to talk about the five or six films that we heard the most. Pick By picking the ones that were most said, it means, you know, people tend to agree yeah. that these particular movies are better than the original because they would just, you know, more than one person said it. If one yeah. person thinks that this movie's better than the original, <laughs> so well, maybe they may there may be something there. But if a lot of people say it, we can all, that must be a good one. Yeah, when a lot of people said it, we thought, well, we have to look into it. Mm -hmm. We have to at least give it a try and find out if, if that's actually true. Right. Mm -hmm. So uh, let's explain, guys, just for a second, what do we mean when we say sequel? So for us, when we talk about sequels, we are saying it is a continuation of an earlier story that takes place in the same universe. That that is that is what we are considering as a sequel mm -hmm. here tonight. Mm -hmm. Though obviously that can change. Sometimes it takes place directly after the original, or maybe a long time after. And uh, we, I just wanted to explain that that's different from a reboot. A reboot is a retelling of the same or similar story and may take place in the same universe or in a new new universe. Mm -hmm. You know, Ghostbusters 2 is mm -hmm. the example mm -hmm. that I use. Ghostbusters 2 is a sequel. Mm -hmm. But Ghostbusters 2016 is a reboot. Right. When Ghostbusters 3 comes out in 2020, mm -hmm. that will be a sequel right. to Ghostbusters and Ghostbusters 2, but it will not be a sequel to the 2016 reboot. Right. Mm -hmm. Good example. Yes, there very is. good. So that that kind of helps if anybody was wondering what we were talking about. So where do sequels come from? Since the ability to mass produce any kind of story has existed, so has sequels. 
sequels. Sorry. Has sequels. If something is popular, why not use it to make more money? It's a simple model that has been around for centuries. For example, in the silent film era, directors were making follow-up films to their original pieces. The famous A Trip to the Moon from 1902 by George Melis was soon followed by The Impossible Voyage. Yeah, you guys remember that film, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. It's the moon with the, with the, the ship. The, just the yeah. weirdest face. That's yeah, all the ever. ship really lands in its is. eye. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very yep. odd. As long as sequels have been around, they haven't had the best reputation. In some instances, filmmakers relied too much on the popularity of the first movie and didn't put in the same amount of time and effort for the sequel. This continues to happen today, and more often than not, the sequel is inferior to the first film in the franchise. That's right, but there are exceptions to the rule. Yes, there are. We're going to talk about that tonight. (laughs) Why do studios make so many sequels? Well, if you guys had to guess, why do you think studios make sequels? Money. Money, money, money. That's right. That's exactly it. (laughs) Yes. Ultimately, audience want them. Audiences want sequels. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, it's honestly something that we kind of ask for. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so we get it. Jurassic World, The Force Awakens, Alvin and the Chipmunks, The Squeakquel. (laughs) They make money. Mm -hmm. It doesn't really matter the quality of the movies. Those, all three of those movies that I just said, they, they all, they made a lot of money. A mixture of nostalgia mm-hmm. and familiarity mm-hmm. that makes people, you know, they see, oh, I remember that. Yeah. Let's see what happens next. Yeah. So whether or not, like you said, the squeakquel, whether yes. it's any I, good. I named two ones that are, are in, in high favor, <laughs> in, in pretty high favor of, you know, of general audiences. But then I named a third one that isn't really right. considered to be really good and and that's it doesn't matter that's still made a lot of money right. and i would say part of that is because it's parents that want to go see a movie with their kids and it's like i know alvin and the chipmunks they're yeah. a wholesome yeah. good you know thing to go see so let's go see that and you know i think that's why the first one did so well yep mm-hmm. the first uh i guess rebooted <laughs> anime, uh, alvin yeah. and the chipmunks <laughs> And then because of that, they're like, well, people love this so much. Let's keep going. Yep. Yeah. So we came up with a list of things based on, I did a lot of internet research (laughs) and I found lists where writers, screenwriters and novel writers talked about what kinds of things they consider when they're trying to create a good sequel. And uh, I kind of compiled this into a little bit of a list here for us to follow as we look at these movies that were suggested to us to see if these movies really hold up as sequels that could be better than the original movie. This list was heavily inspired by ScreenCraft.org and WritersDigest.com. Those were two of the biggest sources that I used to create this list of criteria. So I'm actually going to link to those in our blog post and in our episode description in case anybody is interested in seeing that so here are the questions that here are the things that we're going to consider about each movie is the movie necessary and when i say necessary i mean does the story need to be told or does it warrant did the first movie warrant a sequel Mm -hmm. and i want to say that the there's a difference between a movie warranting a sequel and then something like uh, just a cliffhanger yeah. or, or something like that, you know, because you can leave a movie or, or leave an unanswered question that is like open to imagination. Like, oh, what really happened? Like, take, for example, the end of the first Blade Runner. Oh, is he a replicant? Is he not? You know, some people argue that he is. Some people, I mean, we know he's not. But anyway, <laughs> it's, it's an example. Some things are left to the imagination, right? Whereas a story warranting a sequel is something like this isn't finished, something you know, there's more to this that could be told or that needs to be told for it to feel complete. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, it's a totally. That's a really good point to bring up because, to me, art should exist for the sake of art, and uh, so I think if an artist or a writer thinks that they need to tell this next chapter of the story then I feel like it is kind of necessary. 
I don't think that's the case 99% of the time when it comes to movie sequels. I think the sequels are born because of the popularity of the first movie. They're, it's not really, it's generally not, oh, well, we need more. You know, a lot of the time, if somebody's writing a movie and in their head they're going, okay, I'm already planning the sequel. I already have a story set. This is what I, I'm, I'm expecting. This is what I want. If they have that happening in their head, then to me it's like, yeah, the sequel should exist. Yeah, you could even say that in like seasons of a TV show. You know, yeah. they just they're just there's more to tell. They got to keep going. Right. Mm-hmm. But there are people who do not agree with this. Yeah. Actually, on Twitter, when we I just wanted to bring this up because I think it's important. I think we should just mention it. We asked for sequels that were better than the original, and our friends at Always the Critic Movie Podcast responded, and. I think Jessica is her name. She's on the podcast. She would argue that no sequel is ever necessary. She said no sequel is ever necessary or worthy of being made. And uh, this, I don't think that's that crazy of an idea. Mm-hmm. Because to me, a lot of the time, I honestly almost always like the first one more. Yes. Mm-hmm. Even when people tell me that the second one is much better. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I actually, I don't know what it is about the general. It's like my brain. Yeah. I just like the first one better almost every single time. And I think it's because there's always, it always seems to be so much more surprised with the first one. Mm-hmm. You're being introduced into this world. There's so many things you don't expect to happen. Mm-hmm. And I, I love origin stories. Mm-hmm. You know, I love the beginnings of things. That's just my personal preference. But <laughs> yeah, exactly. I agree. But I also think the reason that I usually like the first is more is that the second one usually hinges on people knowing the first. If you don't have that first movie, yeah. then a lot of the times the second one wouldn't mean as much. Right. That's very true. It's very hard to make a sequel that stands alone. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I mean, uh, and and we'll talk about that too as we go through this list, but I just wanted to, you know, mention that because also because I feel like Adam, you kind of agree with that. The no sequel, you is- know, I, it, I, it depends on how you kind of think about it, right? Because if you think about uh, something being absolutely necessary, yeah. uh, you, you just described your way of looking at it, and that's absolutely true. And I and I think I actually do agree with that. Something being necessary as if it were, you know, pre-planned and that kind of stuff. But if something is quote unquote necessary you think that it if it doesn't happen things are going to go wrong and in terms of like movie franchises that's not <laughs> yeah. i mean it's a, it's just a movie right mm-hmm. if it doesn't exist it doesn't exist right it, the story could be told somewhere else or yeah. whatever whatever yeah when we say necessary we don't mean life or death that yeah that's, like, that's what i mean so yeah if you want to break it down to that which is the wrong argument <laughs> then no nothing then I no mean, movies necessary exa- exactly <laughs> exactly <laughs> so, but but I do think it is important, or, or or it is a valid argument when you say that, um, because so many of the sequels nowadays, like if there were if there were more, like if ninety percent of sequels were really good, then yeah. maybe you could say, well, yeah, they're doing such a great job, but. That's not the case. (laughs) Right. A good chunk of sequels are not good, and you can tell after the fact that it wasn't necessary, and they kind of just came up with something for the money Mm -hmm. or or just to cash in on popularity, that kind of stuff. But, you know, it's such a a gray area that it's really hard to say whether anything is necessary or not. Absolutely, yeah. So we're going to focus more on whether or not the first movie warranted a sequel, and that's what we're going to talk about because, again, it's such a – hard thing to determine whether or not it's actually necessary or not so the next thing that we're going to look at is is it a new story or is it the same story told again audiences go see sequels because they like feeling confident that they will enjoy what they're paying for but this is where studios make the mistake of trying to give the audience the exact same movie again mm-hmm. and audiences are not easily fooled mm-hmm. as much as some studios would like to believe. <laughs> Especially if they're a fan of the franchise already. Yes. And, and peop- I've heard the argument that uh, The Force Awakens, one that we mentioned, it's fairly well received, but it could be looked at as kind of this, a new hope again. Yes. The next thing is, do the actors or characters return? And if they didn't, were they replaced with equally well-written characters? I also We also want to look at, are all the characters important to the plot? And were characters were kept around for fan service, or do they actually serve the story? If these characters return, do they develop? 
Have they changed or will they change in the continuing story? And does it recognize the original and the accomplishments of its characters? That's a lot of character stuff. Yes. But it's really important because in almost any franchise, the characters are really the backbone. Mm -hmm. A lot of the time, people fall in love with characters and they want those characters. Right. I mean, look at the entire Marvel universe. Yes. It started with (laughs) Iron Man and then, I mean, you know the rest. Yeah. Right? And then it was just Iron Man for 10 years. Oh, but boy. yeah, I mean, you could take any of those examples because yeah. all of those characters, whether they, it was in their own movie or when they came together in the Avengers, it relied on the character. You know the character. You know Robert Downey Jr.'s Iron Man. You know um, um, Chris Pratt, Star-Lord. You know, you, you follow them specifically and right. then, then it all kind of comes together. Exactly. The next things on the list are, did the unique and iconic elements of the first film return? And this is this is tough. With the movies that we looked at, they all had kind of unique and iconic elements, but not every movie really does. Not every movie has that kind of stuff, like at least right off the bat. Mm-hmm. But a good example would be Yippie-ki-yay, motherfucker. That's an iconic element yeah. of Die Hard. Right. If you had a Die Hard movie and you didn't put that in there, <laughs> people aren't going to consider that to be a Die Hard movie. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they'll know it is a diehard movie because of the characters and such, but they won't be happy right. that you it won't feel right. Yeah, that you excluded that. Or Indiana Jones without his fedora, you know, mm-hmm. Terminator Two. Imagine if he didn't say, "I'll be back." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and I would I would say uh, sorry to keep bringing up Jurassic Park, but I would say Jurassic <laughs> Park without the T Rex. Um, that's right. why Jurassic Park Three was kind of, mm. you know, it didn't have it, it did get rid of some of its iconic pieces. Yeah. I would say the most, some of the most iconic bits of Jurassic Park is the soundtrack. Yeah. So imagine yeah, if you had a Jurassic Park film without even any kind of semblance of the main Jurassic Park theme. Mm-hmm. I would cry. You know that. You know that's <laughs> such a big part of it. Yeah. Yeah. Does the sequel change the lore or rules of the first film's universe? Has the genre changed? This is something that doesn't happen very often from one sequel to the next, at least when it's a good sequel. But it's, it happens quite a few times with bad sequels. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I was explaining to Adam before we did this, Highlander, mm-hmm. right? In the first Highlander movie, they're kind of like this mystical warrior. Yeah, some kind of shrouded in mystery magic yeah. kind of deal. And then in, in the next one. They're aliens. They're aliens. Yeah. It, it just hurt the first movie because that, it changed the lore. That's why there can be only one, and we forget about the <laughs> second one. <laughs> that's it. That's why. The last thing that I have on the list here is, does the villain return, or does the, villain st- or does the new villain stand on its own as a character? So in, in that one, I put last two because it doesn't apply to every single movie. Right. Some movies don't really have a villain. Mm-hmm. Every movie kind of has a conflict of some kind, right? To have the protagonist need to do something. But that doesn't necessarily, they need a villain, an evil antagonist right. directly trying to stop them or, or whatever. So, yeah. Most of these points could be boiled down to one key concept. If you must make a sequel, figure out what made the original so special and build off of it. Don't rewrite it and don't leave it out. There you go. Done. Case closed. <laughs> yeah, that's that's it. That's all you have to do. It's a lot harder than it sounds. So, here are the movies. We're going to go through the movies that were listed time and time again. And the first one on our list is Aliens. A lot of people consider Aliens to be a better film than the predecessor, Alien. Ridley Scott's original Alien hit theaters in June of 1979 and introduced the world to Sigourney Weaver's heroic Ellen Ripley and the doomed crew of the Nostromo. It was a sci-fi horror film that made history, so it was not a surprise when a sequel was in the works. Directed by James Cameron instead of Ridley Scott, Aliens takes place 57 years after the first film. James Cameron also wrote the screenplay. So uh, we're going to go down the list, and uh, was this sequel warranted? Marcy, you just watched Alien and Aliens back-to-back. I did. I just watched Aliens with you. So this is actually kind of a tough question for this 
particular franchise because the first Alien could have been a one-off story. Yeah, it it could have ended, really. Yeah, and uh, it, I mean, it ends with, you know, she Ripley goes into her sleep. She goes into the sleep and then she's, you know, kind of off in space and that's how the movie ends. And uh, there really didn't need to be more. So do you think it warranted a sequel? Oh, gosh. Honestly, no. <laughs> yeah? For me, no. I I mean, the second one was very good, but I, I don't think it did. I think you could have just left her just going yeah. back home in her sleep. I, I might I might say this the as far as story goes maybe not you know it, you could end it there and and okay but as as a piece of technical filmmaking or a piece of um, you know art and creation and 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 pushing film in a direction maybe yeah mm-hmm. because. You mentioned that the original Alien was a guy in a suit. The The sequel had animatronic aliens. That's a bit of technology that's pushing forward to make something better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, to make the aliens seem more realistic, that kind of thing. Um, they can build on Ripley's character. Yeah, I think, yeah. if anything, I would say that this movie did... I think Alien did warrant a sequel for only one reason. Okay. And that is, I think, Ripley deserved more. I think she deserved more time. Uh-huh. I think she, we needed to see more of her developing as a character. And I think that if if there was no Ripley in Aliens, it would have been a totally unnecessary movie. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. If it took place on like another yeah. part of space. Yeah, yeah. I, I think, but to me, like, because I really like that character. Mm-hmm. And I think that if she had only been in one movie, that would have been a disservice to that character. Mm-hmm. Because I think that she... She really did deserve to be in more. Yeah. That's but, a very good point. Because yeah. she does grow within the second one. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't, but it's tough. You know, I think from a story perspective, yeah, it really could have just ended right there. Right. Um, but because there was more to explore and because there was the idea of, okay, what would happen when she tries to go back and explain all this shit mm-hmm. <laughs> to somebody? Are they going to listen to her? You know, what That's kind of true. challenges is she going to face when she returns? And so, you know, I think that the sequel could be warranted, but, you know. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is going to be the hardest question for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> you know, thinking about it now, though, I suppose it was nice that we got to see, like, the mother of yeah. of all the aliens. The alien queen. Yeah, like yes. how she... How she output these egg thingamajigs <laughs> i don't even output know put them on a conveyor belt <laughs> yeah really. i mean it kind of looked like a conveyor it was, belt she was, it was squeezing them in, out yeah wrapped in some kind of cellophane yeah. looking plop 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 that's how, that's how babies work right? yeah i mean it's kind of how babies you just squeeze work. them out i mean you technically do yeah sometimes <laughs> if you can <laughs> so okay let's move on to the next question is it a new story <sighs> sort of I mean, yeah, yeah, uh, because like you said, we we got to dive deeper into Ripley's character, and uh-huh. there are more than one alien this time. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they raise the stakes. Mm-hmm. Yep. So that changes the story a little bit. Mm-hmm. They changed it from the first one. It's basically, basically, they're like, "Oh, look, this is a distress signal. Let's go check it out. Maybe it's not a distress signal. Hold on, and eh, let's." Let's poke around anyway. Like, that's that's kind of the first one, you know? Yep. It is pretty different. I guess in the second one, they're specifically going back into the aliens to, you know, they're trying to perform a rescue mission, which is totally doomed. Yeah. A oh, totally yeah. doomed yeah. rescue mission. And uh, I think that it is a different story in that aspect because you know it's a different it's a different perspective you know mm-hmm. more new people are going into it they also don't know what they're getting into but this time there's at least one person who does know what they're getting into and that person is constantly trying to tell them and they are completely ignoring her at every turn which is pretty realistic i must say yep so mm-hmm. i would i would say that yeah i mean it is a pretty good pretty different story mm-hmm. Did the actors and characters return? 
yard. <laughs> yeah. I mean, for the most I part, mean, no. I mean, the, the ones died. that lived did, <laughs> yeah. which was her uh, and her cat. Yeah, Ripley and Josie <laughs> as the only two characters that returned. And I mean, technically, the xenomorph returned. That's in its true. Own way. Yeah. That's yeah, true. Yeah, even though we see, uh, even though we see the return of a lead character and villain, this film feels like a continuation of a franchise and not a repeat. Mm-hmm. Without the knowledge of the xenomorph, it makes sense that eventually humans would colonize the moon slash planet inhabited by the creatures. And watching Ripley express these horrors to a disbelieving audience builds on her character arc. Also. I was confused if it was a moon or a planet. I felt like they said moon at some point, but maybe mm. it was a planet. Uh, I don't know. Honestly. So I apologize, um, alien super fans, if I said the wrong thing. Ripley is a strong, intelligent, and resourceful character in both films, but in the second film, we see her step forth as a natural hero and leader. And with the introduction of Newt, we see her compassionate side. Yes. So even though the same character returned, we did see this character build and kind of go through a transformation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She went from awesome to more awesome. The other characters in the original Alien are replaced with a larger group of Marines. Some of these characters stand out, like Bill Paxton's Hudson and Jeanette Goldstein's Vasquez, but ultimately more people means more bloodshed. Yay! Uh-huh. Yeah, sure does. Uh, they raised the stakes in a lot of different ways. Yes, yep. they did. Aliens recognizes Ripley's experiences and how her character would have been affected by them. We see her get ignored just like the first film, but her past experiences put her in a place that allows her to take charge and help her shipmates survive. Because, you know, you think about it in this one, she actually does take charge Mm -hmm. a lot sooner. She's a lot more direct about it and more people survive this time. Last time it was just her that survived. Yeah. Yeah. She took that armored car and was like, hell, I'm saving these people. That's right. That's right. Fuck yeah. The most iconic part of Alien would be the Xenomorphs. Yeah. And they return in full force. We see the face huggers and the chest bursters along with full body aliens. And the feel of the set is very similar to the first yeah. movie. And the the darkness. And yeah. A very interesting take on a future sci-fi where yes. technology is not that much more advanced. Mm-hmm. But they're still spacefaring. Yeah, you know? yeah. Because it, sure, the the forklift is on legs, but it's still a forklift, right? Mm-hmm. You know, it kind of serves the same purpose, has the same yeah. vibe. The first Alien is a horror movie, and the second one is like an adventure, a sci-fi adventure film. Action. Yeah. Gotcha. It's it, they. It does change it, but I think that it was honestly a good change. You know, it feels like it would be the next logical step Yeah. in this because if you're just hiding and being scared of one alien again, it's like then you get into that problem we mentioned before where it would just be redoing the same story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So in order to escalate to multiple aliens and kind of have the progression of that story happen, They'd have to start, like, fighting, right? It wouldn't right. be just more sneaking around. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And now the audience has seen the alien. Mm-hmm. You know, in the first movie, you have this... They had this one-up where mm-hmm. the audience didn't know what was really stalking them. They yeah. didn't know what was coming. They knew it was bad, but they didn't know what it looked like. And now they do. And this is... They have to change the way the movie is going to be. Otherwise, again, it's going to be the same thing. You can't rely on the same stuff as you do with the first movie because it'll just be boring. Yeah. Which I just want to mention, sorry, that uh, it is crazy how fast they freaking, like, more, like, you know, you got, it does the face hugger thing, Mm -hmm. then it comes out of the chest, and then that little chest thing turns (laughs) into that alien, like, super fast <laughs> like not even a day like right. not even an hour really i feel like and it's like wow. this huge thing yeah the sequel aliens does not change the rules of the universe it doesn't suddenly reveal the xenomorphs to be anything but a soulless beasts that kill to survive and take over whenever possible so i'm i, I included that because imagine if it, you went to go see aliens and they were like look they're not so bad, you know, and then it, they, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like if they had yep. done something where they changed the rules of the universe. Yeah, like they tamed one or something. Yeah, and then it's like, ah, okay, you know. Does the villain return? The xenomorphs return. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. 
So in the first Alien movie, there's a character named Ash. He is kind of also a villain. Mm-hmm. Um, what's interesting about both of these movies is that there's a human villain component. Not human, I guess. And the Ash is an android. There's a hum- humanoid mm-hmm. villain component. And then there is a monster yeah. villain. Monster. Yeah. And so in both movies, they have that. And it's it's okay because it's just different enough. Right. And, and it's you could argue that the xenomorph isn't villainous. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's the problem that they're having, right? Yes. It's <laughs> causing death and destruction. Right. But it, it's yeah. not doing it out of malice. Malice, yeah. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. it's like Jurassic Park, right? Yeah, just like Jurassic it's, Park. You know, they're just animals. They're animals, and this is how they reproduce. So mm-hmm. they're just trying to survive. Yeah, in in Jurassic Park, that this they eat meat. Yeah. I mean, you didn't see the herbivores messing with them. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So. Aliens could not have existed without the iconic alien. Although many may consider it to be better than the original, it certainly stands on the shoulders of a film giant. Is it a better movie? Oh, it depends on what you like more. Yeah. Yeah. This is, a, this is I think this is a really subjective one. Yes, it is. One, mm-hmm. because <laughs> if you like action, yep, aliens. If you like horror uh, suspense, alien. That, that's that's up to you. I mean, really, <laughs> I, I think, I, Marcy, you had a really good point. About the characters. Mm-hmm. Correct. Yeah, so... It's interesting because the first, a- the alien, um, you have very few characters. On the on the ship, there are very few characters. And so when I started watching it, I pretty much knew who was going to live. I was like, I could pick it out. I'm like, mm-hmm. she's going to be the only survivor. Like, that's, mm-hmm. that's it. I mean, there's too few other people. And then the second one, Aliens, there's so many characters. Yeah. So many. It kind of solved that problem. Yeah. By putting more people in there. I was like, I honestly don't know who's going to live and yeah. who's going to die. Um, yeah. Except for the people that they barely, like, introduced. The, f- the, the <laughs> yeah. red shirts. Yeah, yeah. essentially. Yeah. Yes. And, and I would say, too, I think the reason that a lot of people like Aliens more is because it is more fun to watch, I'd say. Like, mm-hmm. in a sense that it's more faster yeah you know it's it's it you know what i mean it can be the the thing about alien is that it really it it builds on suspense and it really takes its Mm -hmm. time and i my personal preference i mean i like them both Mm -hmm. i would probably watch aliens like on a saturday afternoon hanging out yeah but i think if i was gonna compare movie to movie i would still say alien is a better movie Mm -hmm. but that would just be from my personal Mm -hmm preference because i i just liked i like the concept of it Mm -hmm. i think it's a really good film concept and Mm -hmm. the second one builds off of that concept which is great and it's kind of fun but i like the i you know i like the first one i like the original (laughs) you know you like john hurt i like john hurt that's true i do really like john hurt he gets hurt real bad yeah oh he gets john hurt yeah Yeah. he sure does all right, so we're going to move on to another movie. Believe it or not, we're actually going to talk about another movie. <gasps> Ripley, believe it or not. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> oh, I need some drums. <laughs> but um, yeah, Thank you, thank you. The next one we're talking about is The Godfather Part 2. Was the sequel warranted? You guys have not seen the first Godfather, correct? Correct. Yes. All right. Yeah. After watching the first one, I would say I totally, I do. I do think that a sequel, I think Godfather 2 was warranted. I definitely totally understand why they did a second one. Not because there was no real cliffhanger. There was no, the only reason is that every family has a history. And Godfather Part 2 explores the history of the Corleone family. You have the two juxtaposed um, characters. You have Vito as a young man, and then you have a son, Michael as a young man his son michael is now taking over the family as after vito's death in the first film and uh, there's also flashbacks to when vito was an italian immigrant who first came to america you watch his parents get killed in italy he comes to america he's kind of you watch him uh, make a transition from you know somebody who's kind of a reluctant criminal he doesn't really want to commit crime but then as time goes on he feels like it's kind of the only option Mm -hmm. and so you watch that happen while you're watching his son 
essentially go through a very similar change. At, at this point in time, Michael it goes from being somebody who doesn't necessarily want to run the family to, you know, oh, I got to order a hit on my brother because he betrayed me. He betrayed the family, you know, mm. that, you know, he, it's like he kind of becomes a let's take care of business kind of character. Right. So, uh, that's what I would say that this is definitely a, a sequel that was warranted. And I think that I totally understand why people like this one more than the first one. It's longer though. Is it a new story? Yeah, mm-hmm. yep. it is. Yep. It's a totally new story. I mean, it's the same characters, but you know, we're doing, it's an origin and it's a continuation. It's both. Whoa. Yeah, I know. Amazing. Do the characters return? Yes. The Godfather Part 2 brought back the infamous Vito Corleone. However, in the first one, he's portrayed by Marlon Brando. In this one, he's portrayed by Robert De Niro. And uh, both of, I think they both won the Oscar for portraying the same character. Damn. <laughs> Very nice. I think they did. Yeah, it, the, this was like these movies, especially the first Godfather. They're considered to be like some of the best movies in film history. Yeah. So yeah. So this is the fact that it had a sequel was really no surprise. I mean, that's another way you could look at it is whether or not it's necessary. It's like, is there anything stopping you from doing it? Yeah. You know, it's a whole nother discussion. And while the movie turns the clock back on Vito we see a progression of Michael. Michael's character moves forward and adapts to his surroundings. He assumes the role of the Godfather and goes through a metamorphosis to do so. So we watch both characters go through a change, which is something that makes a good sequel happen, right? It remembers the events of the first film and it builds on them and it pulls these character traits that we liked about them in the first movie and it gives them again. With Vito, you can't really see you can't really see them build off of the character from the first. He's becoming the character from the first. Mm-hmm. So that that that's kind of tough. They can't you can't really do that because of the nature of the story. But with Michael, absolutely. Absolutely oh, yeah. building on him. Did the unique iconic elements of the first film return? Yeah. The characters, the film score, the cinematography. I think the thing about the Godfather was the the feeling the way it felt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I, that's, yeah. that's, as somebody who hasn't seen it, that's the part that I would recognize as it. Whenever you see pieces or, or people quote it, things like that, you just, that feeling of it is, still comes through. Yeah. And a lot of it, yeah, the screenwriting is really iconic in The Godfather and in The Godfather Part Two. So we're going to move away. Oh, and, you know, since you guys, yeah, The Godfather two, Part Two, is it better? In, from my perspective, much more interesting. There you go. I, I, I would just, I, I'm more interested in, in the origin of mm-hmm. the character. However, would I be interested in the origin of that character if I didn't meet him in the first movie? No, probably not. So <laughs> it definitely couldn't build, you know, without that first movie. So I'm really glad that the first one exists because otherwise you wouldn't care. Mm-hmm. But I'm just saying. You enjoyed that movie more. <laughs> yeah. And, and I mean, in some for some people, that's all they need for them to say that it's better. They exactly. Just, they just mm-hmm. like it more. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So now we're going to talk about two movies that Adam knows a lot about. Yay. Yeah. So these movies are the Terminator movies. The movie that was suggested to us was Terminator 2 Judgment Day. Ta-da. Yeah. Bum, bum, bum. So do you think this sequel was warranted, Adam? Um, no. <laughs> All I right. Mean, the, the thing about it is the original Terminator movie uh, basically told what was going to happen to, you know, the present day characters, right? They come back to the, to the past from this dystopian future where the machines have taken over and, um, and um, Sarah Connor is wrapped up in all of it right right but has been told what the future is yes you know your your son john connor is gonna is so important to the future is gonna save everything blah 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 and and i think that having been explained and then the movie ending with sarah connor being pregnant and kind of like preparing for what's coming right Mm -hmm. we know you know there it is boom done franchise done because you you already you can imagine what's what's going to happen. 
Right. Now, could you build on that universe? Yeah. It, I mean, you can build on anything. I could, I could make something up and then I could make up a second thing that fits with it, right? Mm -hmm. But in this case, I think it wasn't necessarily warranted because it wrapped up in a way mm -hmm. that just felt felt right mm -hmm. you know yeah, I at, see what you mean. at least to me because it was that kind of thing it was like this is judgment day is upon us mm -hmm. your baby has to be born yeah and then it ends with her being pregnant like oh yeah. he's gonna be born there it is it's a very interesting movie because it it tells you what's gonna happen in the future exactly you know exactly what's gonna happen really mm -hmm. so, yeah and all of that has to happen it has to yeah because otherwise you know the events those events could not occur <laughs> and know? And if we could jump to Terminator 2, um, the, we, we find out that the events of the first one caused everything. Like, mm -hmm. like the fact that the, I've forgotten his name, goes back in time to... Reese. Reese. Reese, that's it, thank you. He goes back in time to save Sarah Connor. Like, if he hadn't gone back none of it would have happened in the first place. Exactly. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know what I mean? So it's a, it's like a cycle. Yeah. He ends up being, you guys have seen the second one, right? Yes. Yeah. So he, he ends up being, um, John Connor's father. Right. Mm -hmm. Even though in the future, he was like a comrade. <laughs> yes. Of John Connor. <laughs> and, uh, and, and all of it really like it, it they had to succeed because otherwise yeah. it would have been a paradox. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. In, in in any movie that kind of causes that kind of time circle thing, mm -hmm. well, now you're stuck in that forever. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. but but I think I get why people say that the second one is better though. So before we get to there, we'll answer the rest of these questions. Sure, sure. So so I'm not so sure that it was warranted, but um, is it a new story? Sort of. You know, I, I'm actually really impressed with Terminator 2. Yeah. And I, I think the reason is because the story is the same, mm -hmm. but with just another story on top of it. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, you have somebody, you have, it, it, you have two th two people, people, um, two mm -hmm. we, we humanoids. Humanoids, we right? Call, we got a yeah. cyborg and an android, um, coming from the future. One of them bad, one of them good, you know. The mm -hmm. first one, it was like cyborg bad, human good. You know, it was right, like you right. had two things come from the future. And it, it was it's exactly the same, right? It starts out mm -hmm. the same where you got the two things teleporting down. One's, yep. You know, and, and I, I like it because I don't think they even pretended that it was a different story. Yeah, I, I like that they were like, you know what? Yes, you've seen this before. And, and I think in this case, the story lends itself to that a little bit because well yeah the machines are going to keep trying yeah they have mm -hmm. a time machine yeah why wouldn't they all they have to do is kill john connor mm -hmm. at any point in time before right. he beats them yeah. right so in in the terminator 2 he's like 15 ish and you know of course they would keep sending more yeah. and more advanced yeah um terminators back in time to kill him because that that's that's the goal so really the story is the same but then the humans are dealing with it differently because they send a reprogrammed terminator back um to help yeah mm -hmm. and i i like i like that they changed that they you know obviously they changed the conflict by doing that by mm -hmm. bringing in a the the t-1000 which is a much more formidable yes mm -hmm. you know there's that. And then also I liked the layer of, you know, we also have to go find this one guy and destroy his research because Judgment Day is coming and the only mm -hmm. way to stop it is to, right. you know. Yeah, multiple ways of stopping the end times, I yeah. guess. Yeah, so I, I kind of, I liked that it was the same thing, but they added on, there was at least something on top of it. Mm -hmm. Like, if it was the same story again, I would have been very, very bored. Because right. I I watched them back to back. Right, so <laughs> so is it a new story? Yes and no. Enough of yes to, to, to say that For it's For it to say it's right. a good, yeah. 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 Um, did characters return? Yeah. 
um, all except for Reese, I suppose, mm-hmm. because there were only three characters really. There were some others, like you'd talk to a cop or something, when he, <laughs> or you know, when yeah. he, the 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 police chief was kind of uh, more important in the first one until yeah. the uh, until the the scene where he destroys the police department, and it builds a little bit on Sarah Connor in that she is like ready to be a badass now, dude. She's had a lot of prep. <laughs> I love. I really like the transformation mm-hmm. she's not even it's do, you almost can't even recognize her yeah she's a total she's she, so different she is basically carried through the first movie yeah mm-hmm. it's like totally unaware of what's yep. going on and can't handle it always kind of cowering in the corner right mm-hmm. but after all of that is explained after having fallen in love with reese yeah um she gets it she's yeah. like i'm gonna save this damn planet um, right, and also the whole you know being locked in a mental institution, yeah, losing uh-huh. custody yeah. of her son, yeah, all of that is really intense stuff. Mm-hmm. And and one of my favorite things about that is how smart she is about the whole thing, yeah. no, knowing that this mm-hmm. is happening because she believes she believes Reese, right? Yeah, she f- kind of fools the institution for a long time, right? making them think that she's forgetting it. And it's like, no, that's not real. But in her actual mind, it's like, yeah, this is happening. I need to get the hell out of here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's just one of really cool thing about her. But the main, I guess the main tr- uh, character development in this movie is more with John, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because he has to kind of go through what his mom went through. Yeah. But with the help of a T-1000 to like prove it. The I, Arnold Schwarzenegger one. Yeah, like he gets attached to him. He's, you know, he tells him, "Hey, like you can't kill people. Stop it. Stop killing people." Mm-hmm. And I liked, I liked that transformation of that robot. You know, going from, you know, he has to obey everything John says. Right. A, a simple reprogramming didn't solve all issues. Yeah. Right? You know, he's like, "Yeah, I'm not going to kill John Connor. I'm now protecting John Connor, right. but I'm going to do that in my Terminator way right. by killing everybody else." Right. Mm-hmm. Right. So. It's an interesting way to keep the the lore and mm-hmm. and stuff from the original movie, right? And exactly that that leads perfectly into the next question: Did did the unique iconic elements of the first film return? Yes, I yes. mean there's only one franchise that has these Terminator cyborg robots. You know, everybody knows, oh, Skynet's going to take over, right? We yeah. joke about that now with all the crazy technology. <laughs> we always talk about Skynet, and that's comes from terminator this yeah this ai or or the when when artificial artificial intelligence becomes too smart you know it outsmarts us it thinks well the only way to protect humanity is to get rid of humanity or or whatever mm-hmm. you know uh and all of that comes back because it's still a continuation it's that future trying to prevent itself from happening right by by going after john connor I'll be back. Yes. <laughs> there that elements in there. Mm-hmm. Um, come with me if you want to live. Yep. 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 It, just the whole persona of the Terminator, Arnold Schwarzenegger, d- mm-hmm. does the same character, right? Because it's just another one of those right. robots. But, you know. There's like this thing that a lot of sequels are guilty of, which is bringing back a character just for the audience, just because the audience liked them, mm-hmm. but not because they serve a point in the story. And they were able to find a good position for the Arnold Schwarzenegger yeah. side. Oh, yeah. Because if they didn't have that good position for him, he would have been such an unnecessary mm-hmm. part of the movie. So like the other Terminator sequels? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but anyway... Um, Another example that I always think about is freaking Legolas in the Hobbit movies. Oh, He's another yeah. one who's just thrown the hell in there just because. Just because. Uh, fan favorite. Anyway. But is Terminator 2 better than the first one? For me, I still love the first one because it started all of this. Yeah. I really like the Terminator franchise. I mean, I can agree that the, the rest... After Terminator 2, they're not, they're not very good. The first one is... A lot more basic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's, you know, we got the romance plot going on and we've got, mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot of things in it that makes it kind of a basic 80s movie. Yeah. But I like the gritty nature of it 
when I started to watch it, I did not expect the Terminator to kill so many people. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a lot darker than yeah. than I would have expected. Yeah, he, and just, he just goes through the phone book and he's like, if this person's named he just Sarah kills Connor. Them. Yeah. And and I I you know, I'm not like a violent person or anything, but I, I from a story perspective, I liked how gritty that was. Yeah. It made mm-hmm. the Terminator like a serious threat. You've yeah. already seen what he could do. I will say that some of the action and some of the um, the character of the second one is more fun. Yeah. You know. The second one's more fun. I love mm-hmm. the chase scene with the semi truck and the motorcycle where the T-1000 is just invincible. There's a really iconic shot of him walking out of the fire. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, and and we get to see how badass Sarah Connor ends yes. up. Yes. You know. That's the thing. Like, there's so much more in the second one mm-hmm. that you just... The characters are more developed, and yeah. but yeah, I don't know. But guys, can you really beat scenes with Arnold Schwarzenegger driving a car around with no <laughs> eyebrows? Oh yeah, <laughs> come on! And and Terminator Two with the uh, with the T one thousand was like groundbreaking as far yes. as CG goes. I couldn't. Yeah, it's I, that holds up incredibly well. Yeah, because the liquid nature of the T one thousand lends itself to that kind of CG because yeah. CG couldn't do much else yeah. at the mm-hmm. time. So that was perfect for him to look like that. That's why it looks, you know, yeah. he's all chrome and smooth. Yeah. Perfect. That's why it holds up so incredibly well. But, oh, man, I, I do really like the first one. Yeah. So it's hard for me to say, but if I had to pick one, I'd go back and watch Terminator 2 more often. Mm-hmm. Mm. So I guess that's why a lot of people say it's a better sequel. So uh, the next one on our list is Kill Bill Volume 2. And this is actually really a, a really tough one because you really cannot you cannot have one of these movies without the other. Yeah. The second one is a direct continuation of the first one. Mm-hmm. And so they they're really similar films, the first and the second Kill Bill, but this one was suggested a lot. So we thought, okay, we we got to talk about it. Was this sequel warranted? Absolutely, freaking oh, yeah. it was. Mm-hmm. You could oh, yeah. not. You could not have. No. It just ended without anything being like. Yes. Finished. <laughs> yeah. Basically, the Kill Bill movies are one big movie, just kind of sliced in two. Mm-hmm. That's really what it is. Which is fitting because you know katanas. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ah. So so you need. Uh, th- yes, this sequel was needed. We needed to know what happened. I would have been very upset if I did not find out what happened in the second Kill Bill movie. Yes. I so yes, the sequel was warranted. So to answer that question is if is a sequel ever necessary? Yes. This is an example of a time when the sequel was necessary mm-hmm. because yeah. Yeah, there are like we mentioned at the beginning of the show, uh the some cliffhangers are meant to be that so that you can kind of fill in the blanks yourself. Yeah. Like a Terminator, you know? Right. You fill in mm-hmm. you fill in that future yourself. You see yes. where Sarah Connor got to and you fill in the rest. But with this, it's like, well, the whole buildup didn't have a conclusion. Yeah. You know, it, a cliffhanger versus no conclusion is a huge difference. Yeah. Is it a new story? No. Nope. No, it's the same story, but it's a continuation of, mm-hmm. of the story before. Like I said, it's one long story. Yeah. And I, honestly, though, it really does build off of the first one. And uh, the things that happen to her in the second one are so different than what happens to her in the first one. The first one is a bloodbath. Mm-hmm. There's lots of sword fights in it. I think the first one's the one with the crazy 88 and the Lucy Liu fight scene oh, yeah. where she basically kills 80 people. Ooh. Right? Yeah. yeah. Yep. There's not actually 88 of them, as, as Bill points out later <laughs> in the movie, Lol. in the next movie. He says they just call themselves that. There's not actually 88 of them. Do the actors' characters return? Yeah. Duh. Uh, I mean, yeah. not the ones that she... Actually, even the ones that she killed returned. Yeah, in mm-hmm. some cases. Yeah. Yeah. They would go back and kind of explain a lot of stuff. You know, the story is not very linear. And uh, mm-hmm. it's good, though. I like the way it's done. I do think that she changes as a character a lot. Because you, you see lots of flashbacks and you see the way she was. Mm-hmm. And she used to kind of dote on Bill all the time. And she used yeah, she was really right. happy when she was about to get married. She thought things were going to be okay. The unique elements of the first movie do return the mm-hmm. you know the the fighting style, the swords, 
I think the yellow jumpsuit is even in both movies. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty iconic. That's the, the cover of the of the film. She's wearing that. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, definitely, definitely the same the same elements returned for the second movie. The villain that is a complicated question. <laughs> the villain, <laughs> if the villain returns, or if there's really a villain in Kill Bill, because you know from the perspective of the audience, Bill is the villain. He's the villain. But we. <laughs> <laughs> i mean that's really that gets so gray and so Mm -hmm. complicated and it's not so much Mm -hmm. right and then as you go through you start to see the origins of these people you start to understand a lot more about them and at the end of kill bill volume two you really feel like now that you start to see the relationship between her and bill is more of like a really unhealthy relationship Mm -hmm. It's it's more like Joker Harley Quinn relationship yeah. than it is like you could see why she she's torn about how she feels about him. She wants to kill him. She knows that she can never live with him happily because she could never trust him. Mm-hmm. He's so volatile. And if she were ever to leave him, his immediate response would be, OK, well, let's go murder her. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I think that this, you know, that's so much more layered and nuanced in the second movie. And there's a lot less violence in the second, second one, but still, it's still really interesting to watch. I am actually very surprised anybody said kill bill too, because I just personally, I see them as like just one movie. Like we were talking about, I don't know. You really feel like it is just one cohesive unit. And that's why it is such an incredible sequel Mm -hmm. because a, a first film and a second film, being so cohesive like that is mm-hmm. so rare. Yeah. I would say the second one is probably better than the first one. Yeah? How come? I think that... I think it's because you see so much more growth. And I think there's a lot more origin in there. There's a lot more mm-hmm. Bill. And I really yeah, like Yeah, I was Bill. about to say, you get to you definitely get to see Bill. Yeah. I don't think you even see him in the first mm-hmm. one. You just they, hear his voice. Yeah. And I am not a fan of straight, hardcore violence. Mm-hmm. So for the first one, having it was so heavy on that, mm-hmm. and then the second one was so heavy on story. Mm-hmm. It oh, was good. it was just you know okay. I, I liked that a little bit more. Though I do think that the first one had enough in it that it was a really great film, especially a lot of Lucy Liu in the first mm-hmm. one. And yeah, I, she's that's great. I really like her, and I loved their fight scene. Mm-hmm. I think maybe we're just gonna talk about one more. Okay. All right. Let's talk about The Dark Knight. So Batman Begins, did that warrant a sequel, friends? I mean, the (laughs) sequels are all of the comics and all of the rest of Batman because it being an origin story. Yeah, yeah. That's that's that. There's always more to tell. Always. I guess. Right? There's always more going on. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Batman will never go away. Yeah, yeah. And that's okay. When uh, Christopher Nolan decided to remake the Batman franchise and to give it this new look, it made sense to tell as many, like tell as much as he could, right? In See, three movies, seeing more of this take on Batman because we already know so much about Batman, right? Like, yeah, mm-hmm. if they hadn't done a movie with the Joker, at least the Joker, yeah, you know, maybe some other famous Batman villains too, but. If they hadn't done it, it would have felt like, well, what's the rest of that right. universe like? I think, I would argue that The Dark Knight should have been the only movie in this franchise. You know, that's that's an interesting take, but I, I get it. Because everybody, like, Batman didn't need an, an introduction yeah, or an origin. origin S- same thing with, like, Spider-Man. And The Dark Knight was such a beginning-to-end you know, thing yeah. that ended like I mean, perfectly. I think it really could stood, have could have stood on its own. Yeah, I don't think that it was, you know, so this is a really rare case, right? Where it's like the sequel could have been necessary, but maybe not the other ones. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh boy. No, I, I, I totally, but yeah, I would say Batman begins warranted a sequel. It made a lot of sense to make mm-hmm. another one. Mm-hmm. And it, the dark Knight is a totally new story right yeah we're not watching the origin of batman we're we're watching him fight a villain and not i mean the scarecrow all right he was all right 
<laughs> like, yeah, right, he, was our, he was okay. The idea of the scarecrow is terrifying. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In Batman Begins, I think that the way they did it was really cool. I remember being in the theater and kind of being freaked out by the scarecrow and, and that, that whole thing. Yeah. But I would say that the Dark Knight just felt different. It was like this focus on this really strange, terrifying character. It's incredibly mm-hmm. compelling yeah. version of the Joker. Yeah. I mean, Heath Ledger had a lot to do with that, but the Joker alone is already an incredibly compelling character. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, do the characters return? Has Batman developed a lot from the first one to the second one? I think there's a lot more of a moral question in this yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. In the first one, it's like, I'm Batman. I need to save Gotham. I'm just going to go do it. But I think in this one, there's a lot more of a question of like, am, is what I'm doing really right? Mm-hmm. You know, and is it is it really like, does, does the city really need me to be doing this? Right. And, and kind of something that has continued on throughout Batman in his entirety is, you know, the idea of a vigilante. Yeah. It's like... Is he helping? Is he hindering, like, the actual law enforcement? Or is he the cause of these villains starting to uprise? Like, would they be around if they didn't have... Like, specifically the Joker. Yeah. They butt heads in the way that, like, the Joker kind of needs Batman, too. Yeah. Because without without Batman trying to thwart all of his plans, mm-hmm. the Joker would just win and that would right. be the end, end of it. Yes, and you could watch this and you could say the Joker created Harvey Dent, Two-Face. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You could say the Joker created Two-Face, but you could also say Batman created Two-Face. Mm-hmm. And this is, you know, it's kind of just like two sides of the same coin. You just have yeah. like a really, you know, that whole moral question in this movie. And I, I like that this movie explores that question more than Batman Begins does. Batman Begins is a straight-up origin story. We're learning how he became Batman. Mm-hmm. And don't get me wrong, he he's a total badass in Batman Begins. It's really neat to watch him become Batman. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, not just get, you know, not just have his parents killed, like watching him go train and all of those things. That's neat. That was cool stuff. <sighs> Did the sequel change the lore or rules of the first film's universe? Nah, I wouldn't Mm-mm. say so. Not really. And the genre doesn't really change either. Though, I, it feels so different. It, it does, feels so much more serious than it, the first it, one does. It feels more serious and it feels more open. Yeah. Because the first one relies on the League of Shadows and the people within that and how Batman deals with that, right? Mm-hmm. But then after that, Batman is out and about in Gotham doing his Batman thing. Mm-hmm. And a lot of stuff is now the stakes are the entire city is in trouble. The Joker is like a serious threat. That yeah. kind of stuff. Right. So does the villain return or does the villain stand on its own as a character? The villain does not return. However. Gee whiz. He sure does stand alone. So would you say the Dark Knight is better than Batman Begins? All things considered, uh, in this case, I think so. I, I think this is the only one on the list where I'm kind of confident about it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, having, yeah. having answered all these questions, it's hard to say no. Yeah. Because yeah. of some of the, you know, like we said, the Joker is incredibly compelling. It's an amazing, he's an amazing character. And um, the stakes are higher. The The whole atmosphere is more solidified you know it's not so much experimental like in the first movie yeah like is this gritty take on batman gonna work and and then the sequel comes like yes it's working go for it all the way and you know the movie speaks for itself really Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely so those are all the movies we're gonna talk about tonight we had so many great suggestions. Thank you so much. Yes. Yeah, thank you. We really appreciated it. Honestly, we you know, we could have talked about Empire Strikes Back. That was mm-hmm. one that got mentioned a lot. However, we're going to reserve Star Wars talk to a different episode. Yeah, so don't freak out if you were waiting for us to get to that one. We're not we're gonna going to talk about that to. one tonight, yeah. But we do... We do want to talk a lot about some other movies that were suggested, and so we kind of like Harry Potter, like we said, maybe we, we'll do an episode about that mm-hmm. at some point. Mm-hmm. We're probably just, you know, we probably will talk about them at some point. But what do you think of our rules for a good sequel? Do you yeah. think there's something that we missed? Yeah. Let us know. Let us know. Yeah. 
and let us know if you, if you if you want to tell us another sequel that you think is is better than the original. Let us know if there's more that uh, we didn't hear on Twitter the first time. If you it's like shoot, Bionicle two is better than uh, Mask of Light. Right? Mm-hmm. Maybe we'll do this again. Yeah, it's not. Yeah. Um, yeah, <laughs> we could do, we could do it, but. Um, yeah, we'd love to hear from you guys. Let yeah. us know if the, our beginning of our sequel, yes, us, is better yet. Uh, if we, if we start now better than we did last year. <laughs> Keep uh, and so we are doubling down this year. Absolutely. So our uh, drink of the week is double down. Double down yeah. from Taco Bell. <laughs> just kidding. It just sounds like a Taco Bell item. <laughs> All right. Okay. Check out the recipe for that on Patreon. Yes, Patreon. And you can also check us out on Instagram at Black Case Diaries Podcast, on Twitter at Black Case Diary. And we have a lovely website you can visit that Adam puts a lot of work Yay. into and <laughs> all that fun stuff. BlackCaseDiaries.com. Yes. Easy. Easy peasy. We also want to remember to thank our patrons, John. Anthony, Brett, Joel, Shelly, and Jacob. Thanks, guys. So I think this is another case closed. Woo! Hooray. Thank you so much. Thank you. Happy. Oh, oh, go ahead. (laughs) Happy New Year. Yeah, we'll see you in the sequel. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Bye. Bye. Bye.